everyone! Welcome to Sundowners, an audio diary of stories, struggles, and lessons learned while living on a sailboat in the Caribbean. My name is Megan. And I'm Travis, and we're thrilled to have you along for the sail. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Our third episode of Sundowners. Woohoo! I cannot believe it's already been three weeks out here. I know. It keeps going by so fast. It absolutely does. So I guess we missed something on our first two episodes, which was kind of important. I had a friend of mine ask, why did you name it Sundowners? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that is a good question and definitely something we probably should have talked about before. But here we are now talking about it. So uh, Sundowners is a term that sailors use to invite other people to their boat and to sit in their cockpit and watch the sunset. So it's a really great way to meet other sailors and usually involves some sort of drink or appetizer or snack. Um, and it's really nice. And you all just get to kind of kick back and relax and hang out together. Yeah. So our first experience with Sundowners was Megan and I were just trying to do a little beach workout. Mm-hmm. Our boat was on the hard and this old French guy, older, I guess I shouldn't say old, older French guy, <laughs> jumped off the back of his boat, swam over to us on the shore, and was like, hey, what are you guys doing? And we're like, oh, just trying to get a little workout. And he's like, hey, come hang out on our boat, my boat. So we did. <laughs> yeah, and he didn't have a dinghy. So we swam from the beach onto his boat and got onto his boat just like sopping wet in workout clothes. <laughs> and this was no average boat. It oh was a gosh. brand new 50-foot Fontaine Peugeot. Yeah. Beautiful catamaran. Brand new. Mm-hmm. It was huge and so nice. And he had a fresh bread maker. Oh, yeah. So he made the us these crazy mixed drinks with like, I don't even know what they were. Almost like a painkiller. had like nutmeg and stuff on yeah. top. And then he goes, oh, do you guys want some bread? And we're like, okay, maybe he has like a toaster. No. Yeah. Dude straight up makes a fresh loaf of bread, <laughs> brings it out to us. This delicious garlic butter it was so good and he was just so nice and so generous and just wanted to hear about us and our story and this was our first sailing experience in 2018 so we had just moved down here we were working on the boat we had been down here for maybe a week or two it was like a couple weeks had not even splashed the boat like didn't know anything about this cruising life and he just was so nice and so welcoming and we just had the best time hanging out with this guy so it was really fun yeah so if you don't have mixed drink or a drink even if it's water why don't you go ahead and pause and go get something so you can enjoy it with us as we sit here in the cockpit absolutely and that is a huge reason why we wanted to name the podcast sundowners because we want to just kick back and relax with you guys and make it feel like we're all together hanging out in the cockpit watching a beautiful sunset over the ocean i love it i love it (laughs) All right. So to recap on what we kind of left you hanging on last episode, Mm -hmm. last Mm -hmm. week. So the fridge, the fridge continues to be a struggle. We still do not have a fridge. I thought I was going to have it figured out this week for sure. But I found that the Schrader valve is leaking. So we went into Hillsborough, the little town here on the (laughs) island. I say little because it's not much more than what we have here, which is basically nothing. Yeah, it's big compared to the two stores here in town. (laughs) Because it's got three stores. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I went in, found the Schrader valve, found the tool to change the Schrader valve, which was awesome. And then Nick, one of the guys we met here on Calypso, actually had like this random UK specific adapter to go onto our fridge. Which is so random because he says that's not even useful for his boat. So he just has it as an extra. Yep. 
thankfully, yeah. and actually had the refrigerant that we needed as well. But unfortunately, when we tried to put the refrigerant in, nothing happened. Mm. The bottle expired, I think, in like 1974. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if refrigerant goes bad, but I think this stuff went bad. But I appreciate him trying to help us out. So now tomorrow morning, we're going to take the bus back into Hillsborough and try to find 134A. It's like this specific refrigerant that we need that's been banned in like most of Europe and Mm -hmm. America so hopefully we can find some here and get our fridge working tomorrow that's my hope yes because I cannot tell you how sick I am of top ramen and peanut butter sandwiches oh come on we're eating refried beans a lot too and refried beans on a tortilla (laughs) it is so hard to live out here without a fridge not only because like I like food that is fresh but also things just mold like even bread oh yeah everything has to go in the fridge out here because even if you buy what we thought was processed bread we used to buy fresh bread and there's no way that lasts longer than two like days a di- yeah a day even yeah and then we bought you know processed bread and we're like oh this will be fine while we don't have a fridge last two days yeah three days. <laughs> maybe one extra day so everything out here has to go in the fridge so this has just been really really tough yeah so no fridge and then our toilet is still just giving us issues. I tore mm. the whole thing apart. I thought maybe it had a clog in the outlet, dove under the boat, tried to snake it from under the water line. No luck. I think it's the joker valve. It just keeps back flowing, back fill, back filling. So back flowing. Yeah. Mm. So tomorrow I'm going to go to budget Marine. Hopefully they have a joker valve, which they probably won't. They'll have to order it from Grenada and ship it up on some ferry. And <sighs> so yeah, toilet, fridge, to be determined. All the things. Still working on them. All I want for Thanksgiving is a working fridge and a working toilet. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I think I can have one of those in order. I don't know about both of them. Uh, well, one can hope, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of the recap um, from last week about where we're at with boat projects. We're still in the same bay. It's still been windy here, but we have been able to get out and have some fun. So we went on a cruiser's hike, which was a an experience. An experience, for sure. Yeah, so in this bay on the VHF, um, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 8 a.m., there is somebody who volunteers to get on the radio and talk to the bay and all the sailors and let them know what's going on, what the um, activities are. Uh, there's spaces for people to ask for help or parts they're looking for. Buy, it's a really sell, great trade. way. Yeah. yeah, it's a really great way to stay connected and kind of hear what else is going on with everybody. So, and it's pretty fun because it also announces like who's coming in and who's going. So yeah. like if you have boats that you met previously and you hear they're coming in, you get excited or you get a little sad when somebody's leaving. I know, <laughs> I know. Yeah. So it is, it's a really cool thing that they, they do. And it was Monday morning, we were listening to it and they had announced that they were going to do a cruiser's hike on Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. And we're both like, oh, in. We love hiking, you know. Put we're my in shape. on, yeah. we're doing it. Yeah. We're like, we'll get out and meet some other people. This will be perfect. Well, what we thought would be just a little hike. I mean, we're on a very, very small island. So we're like, there's no way we're going to go on this massive hike. There's nowhere to go. You would be walking into the ocean if you went any further than like five miles. Well, they found the highest peak, walked to it, and then continued to walk as far north to south as possible. I guess south to north. They just walked like almost all the way to Hillsborough, which is like five or six miles away. Yes. So all we had with us was a little backpack, both of our phones for photos, and one water bottle. For the two of us. Yeah, and luckily Megan keeps a credit card in the back of her phone case Mm -hmm. for emergencies. Yes. 
Unfortunately, credit cards don't really help you in emergencies out here where everything is cash. Cash is king. Yes. So, which we left not thinking we would need anything. We just were like, phones, water bottle, hiking shoes, good, let's go. Well, we start hiking and realize we're coming down around the other side of the mountain. We're not going up and back to where we left the mountain, I say, as I'm from Utah. And I really mean a tiny little hill. Um, But uh, we realize we start walking into town and we start kind of just talking to people and they're like, yeah, where should we go for lunch? And at this point, it's already been like three hours. It's noon. We've been hiking for miles and they decided to walk all the way into town. They were going to get lunch and then they were going to bus back. Well, at that moment, Travis and I realized we don't have any money. Literally, we're like trying to look for coins on the ground so that we can try to pay for something, lunch, and, a bus. And we don't even have a, a debit card. Like there are ATMs here. So mm-hmm. like if we had a debit card, we could just go withdraw some cash. We don't even have a debit card on us. We have one credit card. <laughs> so, and and we had plans that day. Like we yes, were already hours right. and miles into this journey. And we're like, if we have to walk back home, back to the boat from here, like we mm-hmm. need to turn around now. Yeah. And we, it was, we were meeting the mechanic for the fridge. Yeah. So it was like something we actually needed to be back for. And yeah, so we just start walking back. <laughs> we split off from the group. Yeah, they start going more into town. They're like, we're going to go get lunch. We're like, sorry, we have to go back and do boat projects. And also, we don't have any money for anything. So we're just going to walk off early. Uh-oh. So we start walking back to the boat. And it was so hot. And we still are like miles away from the boat. So we finally get to one little convenience store. It's like a hardware store slash convenience store that we've been to before. We know they take credit cards. So I go beg the guy. I'm like, hey, listen, we need a bus. We've been walking for way too long. We're going to buy a couple cold drinks. And can you just run our credit card for like $10 more and just give us $10 back in cash? And he's like, yeah, sure, no problem. And to this point, we'd already been walking miles from when we split off from the group. And buses were passing us like every 15 minutes, honking. You know, asking if we need rides. Yeah, of course we need a ride, but we have no money, so we have to say no. Yeah. So then the dude gives us 10 bucks back, and for the next two miles, how many buses passed us? Zero. Zero buses passed us. We we finally had enough money to get a bus, and we still just walked all the way back to the boat. And what is the worst thing about the story is that the local buses here... To EC. It's less like than a six, dollar. 60 cents, yeah. 60 cents per person to go anywhere on the island. And we could not scrounge up 60 cents <laughs> to save ourselves from walking in the heat of the day, seven miles. So anyways, we got back at like 1 p.m. And yeah, we had hiked, uh, my watch said seven and a half miles by 1 p.m. Just walking around. Brutal. So that was a surprise for us. But. Absolutely brutal. But we kind of had a little redemption on Wednesday. Yeah. We got to go to Paradise Beach Club, which just envision what that is. And it's pretty accurate. It's just such <laughs> a true. cool little beach bar right on Paradise Beach, which the name is so fitting for yes. that beach. Gorgeous water, beautiful white sand. Yeah. And they do this really cool thing. Was it three o'clock, four o'clock? Three o'clock. Three o'clock. On o'clock. Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. They uh, they have you come and paint on driftwood your boat name. Mm-hmm. So it was such a fun experience. They come pick you up by water taxi, this little wooden boat with like a hundred horsepower engine <laughs> on it. So we're just ripping around this island. And yeah, how how was that experience? Yeah, it was really fun. Um, yeah, like Travis said, it was seriously so beautiful. And they just had walls and walls and walls covered of other people's boat names. So we joined in on the fun and we painted our boat name on a driftwood um, sign. 
And then we had dinner. There was a live band. And we had just a really fun time. We went with two other boats in the bay. Um, low Expectations, which are some people that we actually met in Guatemala. Yeah. And we've been kind of leapfrogging them from Guatemala all the way down here. And then um, Nick on Calypso. So we all got to hang out and watch the sun go down from Paradise Beach, which was so fun. Yeah, it was really cool. And the Driftwood signs are so unique and so fun. Like we saw some some boats that we met in our 2018 season, 2019 season, Luna Sea. That was mm-hmm. cool to see. I think they painted the sign in 2019. Yeah. And then just so many other boats that we've met out here that painted a sign. So it's really cool. It makes you a little nostalgic. makes you think about the experiences you had with those individuals and the islands you were in when you were hanging out with them. So what a fun, what a fun experience that was. Absolutely. And then we thought the fun ended when we were leaving oh, yeah. Paradise Beach Club. But actually, we took the water taxi back to the, the bay that our boat was in. And it was the most magical thing. Yeah, I it think. was it was beautiful and it was a no moon night Mm -hmm. it was just dark as can be and you're just ripping out into the open ocean like where you're going is like bay to bay but you got to go like around this whole rocky ledge to get to the bay we're in Mm -hmm. so we're just out there in the middle of the open ocean the stars are just as bright as can be it is so beautiful out there Mm -hmm. it was i had to tell ryan i was like man i cannot believe this is real life for us because i mean this is just like a commute home after you know going to red robin but for us (laughs) We're, we're in the middle of the ocean looking at it. Just the, I mean, the Milky Way was just as bright as you've ever seen it before. You could see so many shooting stars. And then if you look down in the water, there was so much bioluminescence uh, coming off the wake of the boat. It was crazy. It was so cute. Ryan looked at his daughter and was like, Kira, look at the look at the water. And she goes, it's glowing, uh-huh. which was such a great description of what happened. I mean, seriously, the water looked like it was just lighting up it was glowing with little sparks of bioluminescence and the sky pitch black with the brightest stars you'd ever seen it was a really really fun it was one of those moments that you were like this is gonna be a good memory yeah until you get a dose of reality we were coming back (laughs) and we took a a wave over like the bow of the boat (laughs) everybody's looking up the stars and everyone just gets soaked it was so (laughs) bad (laughs) good thing we were all salty sailors (laughs) yeah we got a little more salty on that journey home oh my gosh so funny well, speaking of salty sailors and unsalty sailors, oh, we always man. talk about how great everyone is out here and how wonderful it is. Well, sometimes, sometimes there's you some don't... people that are not so nice. Yeah, sometimes you don't meet the friendliest of people or just the most considerate, I guess. Yeah, it's so strange. So we were at dinner um, a few been, nights later. It's been Thursday, yeah. With Low Expectations, our friends from Guatemala. And we get back to our boat and... There was a catamaran literally anchored on top of us. On top of us. You know how you know when a boat is too close? How do you know? (laughs) When you have fenders out at anchor. They put all of their fenders out, which was crazy. It was a lot of fenders. I think their whole side of their boat was lined (laughs) at anchor. I think I I counted nine fenders. It was ridiculous. It was so crazy. So, not trying to be rude, but it actually was dangerous for us because the way catamarans anchor, they have a bridle that goes from hull to hull. And then it goes to their anchor chain. So it creates this like triangle shape Mm -hmm. from the bottom of where their anchor or where the bridle meets their anchor chain. And it's like underwater. So you can't really see where it goes all the way into the water. And then on our boat, they were just barely behind us. So our boat has a rudder on it, how you steer when you're sailing or motoring through the water. So if that bridle, picture that triangle getting caught in our rudder and it can actually rip your rudder off. So Mm -hmm. I was like, actually. Which is really dangerous because it could put a hole in our boat and sink our boat. Oh, yeah. Easily. I mean, a rudder 
curve is two and a half, three inch hole. I mean, mm-hmm. if that gets any bit of damage, even if it doesn't get ripped off, I mean, that's going to be a lot of water coming in your boat. Yeah. So I feel bad, but we went over and knocked on this guy's boat and was like, hey, you know, what's what's the plan here? Just completely unhelpful. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I put fenders out. I'll be fine. Like only concerned about himself. Yeah. I'm like, sir, that's nice of you, but we've been anchored here for a week and we have been undisturbed completely fine. And I'm glad that you feel safe about this, but our boat's at in danger. And it had been super, super windy um, leading up to this, like the days before. So it's really not uncommon for your boat. While it's at anchor, it kind of like sways back and forth. So we had already kind of been crossing in front of them um, while we were just getting back to the boat. So it wasn't unreasonable that that could actually happen and we could get tangled up in their thing, their bridle. Yeah, so we had to pull some scope in, which is, so we basically pulled chain and we have 120 feet of chain out, which is, you try to do a 7 to 1 ratio. However much water is under your boat, you try to put 7 times that much chain out in front of your boat. Mm -hmm. So we were in like 17 feet of water, so we had like 120 feet of chain out. So we had a little bit extra out, so we pulled like 20, 25 feet of chain in. Yeah. And still, like we were still like just dangerously close i mean before we pulled chain in you literally could have stepped from the back of our boat onto their boat absolutely you could not fit a dinghy we tried to dinghy in between we could not dinghy between the two boats when we were tying up our dinghy for the night so like they were way too close and then yeah then we pulled about 25 feet in and then we ended up still having to re-anchor oh my goodness the next morning yeah the guy comes on deck of his boat and has the audacity to say to us Hey, it's uh, supposed to get windy again. We're going to be pretty close when it does. Like, bro, are you kidding me? What do you think has been happening, sir? Oh, of course we're going to be close. You're anchored on top of us. Oh, my gosh. So, I, I mean, his boat's not necessarily in danger, but ours is. So I was like, okay, whatever. We'll, we will re-anchor. <laughs> and then the boat wouldn't start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. And then we could not get our boat to start. It was just... Given us, I mean, when we launched, changed the alternator, fired right up, and then we sat for a week, and she did not want to start, so. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Luckily, you got her to start. Yeah, got her to start, re-anchored, and anchored on top of a wreck, which I think is, like, the new move, because on Navionics, (laughs) it says there's a uh, wreck under our boat, and I was like, we got to anchor right here, so we anchored right here, and I dove, and there's nothing there, but there's also nobody around us, because on Navionics, it says there's a wreck right here. So we've got a great spot now. (laughs) So now. Now the trick is, is in our favorite anchorages where we want to anchor, I'm just going to put a wreck there on Navionics. Oh my God. Don't tell people our secret. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. <laughs> so. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, we re-anchored. We're good now. We got a great little spot. Yeah. So, we had some fun today, though. Yes. Yeah. Luckily, though, I mean, the wind died down a little bit. Yeah. Um, But... Not a ton, but still enough for us to get out and go on a dinghy adventure. Finally. We've been talking about doing this the whole time we've been here. Yeah. It's just been so windy and so choppy. Mm-hmm. It really wouldn't be that fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's these mangroves that are kind of in front of or behind the anchorage. Yeah, I guess off to the side. Off to the side. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to say that directionally. Um, and a lot of boats will tie there. Um, during hurricanes yep. because the mangroves just block all of the wind and all of the waves. So we just went and we dinghied it over there. It's like a little canal, almost like a river. Um, and we just went and saw some boats that were over there, the ones that are still tied. And just also it was like this kind of emerald green river area. Um, so we went over there. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, it was kind of awesome. It's kind of sad because, I mean, with half a dozen boats in there, and yeah. it seems like they were tied up during the hurricane, whenever there was the last storm down here, mm-hmm. and then just kind of forgotten about. Like, they're yeah. all, like, they all still have, like, rigging and everything on them, but, well, there's one that wasn't. There was one that was sank, half sank. You could see it, like, sunk. half in and half out of the mm-hmm. water, but, 
I mean, just kind of look like derelict boats now. It's sad that somebody cared enough about them. I think you said this when we were in there. It's sad that somebody cared enough about them to try to save them from the storm, but then never came back to them. Yeah, and I always wonder why that is. Because if, I mean, there's plenty of, in every bay, there's plenty of boats that people just put to anchor and then they never came back to for whatever reason. And so I feel like if you were active enough and cared enough about your boat to move it to a safe spot. They, I mean, because these boats are tied into the mangroves. They've yeah. got multiple anchors out. They've got multiple lines from the boat to the mangroves, to these trees, tying them out. Their boats are tied together with fenders in between. Um, so, I mean, it takes a lot of work to do that. And then, yeah, for them to not come back at all. Because uh, they look like good in, in good enough shape yeah. to sail them or move them out. So it always makes me wonder um, kind of what happened. So yeah. it was cool to see and also kind of sad. It gives you a weird feeling seeing these abandoned boats. But yeah, definitely a cool experience. Then we left the mangroves and we went and ripped around the corner and mm-hmm. it was so beautiful today. Like yes. the water was beautiful. The sun was like perfectly high in the sky, mm-hmm. except it was still a little windy. Yeah, <laughs> it's still a little wavy. Yeah, so it's crazy how much an anchorage actually protects the boats in the water because you get out out of the anchorage and it just gets kicked up so fast Mm -hmm. we were ripping across the open ocean and the dinghy and megan was there was like a set of four was it three or four waves that were coming she's like okay wait hold on travis is just hammered down on the engine trying to fly get some air over these things (laughs) i want to holding on for dear life as i'm getting thrown around i'm like okay okay i want to hear that prop spin out of the water (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we went and ripped around. We went north and then went south across the bay. I mean, it was crazy how choppy and wavy mm-hmm. and windy it was out there. But we got to the south side of the island, and it was actually one thing I wasn't even paying attention to was how much current there was. Yeah. When like we got to the very end of this island, and the current that was pushing around the south west side of this island was meeting basically like the open ocean and the waves that it was creating like waves yeah in the open ocean it was crazy yeah and we went close to it and we're trying to get a cool little video and then i turned around and i wasn't even like just idling i had had a little bit of throttle and the current was still pushing us into the ocean it was pulling us out to the open sea (laughs) into these like massive almost breaking waves several of them were breaking Mm so that was kind of sketchy i definitely am glad that our engine didn't die because rowing out of that would have been impossible yeah yeah good thing but yeah we saw some beautiful secluded beaches and some cool rock faces and and three shipwrecks three shipwrecks yeah three different shipwrecks up on shore like ships like not little boats ships right yeah so very cool very cool experience absolutely that was really fun so yeah not as exciting as last week we wouldn't have to save a life but still very fun a little bit more adventure unfortunately i missed the sight of travis jumping into the ocean in his underwear this week Uh, but i guess i will live with this week (laughs) (laughs) that is fair so you know our final question what's something you learned this week Yeah, something I learned this week is definitely to ask more questions when it comes to the cruiser's hike. Oh, yeah, for sure. Or just in general. Yeah, in general. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) I thought, you know, I didn't even think to ask questions about a hike because I knew I could hang with whatever hike it was. I didn't think I was going to be needing to bring money and all this stuff. Um, and plan books and plan my whole day around this hike. Right. So that was something that was surprising. To me. Absolutely. I guarantee this is not the last time we find ourselves in this situation. True, true, true. <laughs> what is something that you learned this week? Ooh, so something I learned. So when we went into town yesterday to try to find the Schrader valve and the tool, Hanu Time came with us. We met Hanu Time in the Bahamas. They're awesome. And they just sailed up here from Grenada. They spent the season down there. 
And I've been looking for Rody the whole time that I've been here. Mm-hmm. And in Grenada, Rody's super fu- easy to find. What is Rody? Okay, yeah, Rody is basically chicken curry, some potatoes, some vegetables, wrap it up in a tortilla, throw it on the grill for a little bit, and you eat it. And it's so good. It's, it's Travis's favorite food down here. Yeah, when, it, literally, when I was in Grenada, I had it every single day. Yeah. And I could. I would I would have it every day still. So Josh was like, oh, the Kayak Cafe has got some Rody. Let's go in there. And then Sean, the owner, comes in and asks if we want some local rum. So what I learned is to never accept the local rum. Because what did it come out in? A glass skull. If something comes out in a glass skull, I think you should just say, oh, yep, sorry, no, never mind. That's all you need to know. Yeah. That's the warning. This stuff was some rum I, it tastes like moonshine. It tastes like kerosene and gasoline mixed together. Oh my gosh. It, it burned, burned so <laughs> bad. Yeah. I wish I would have had it before my roadie. And so I had like something to chase it with, but it was so bad. It was so bad, so strong. That night, I got back to the boat and my throat was so scratchy. And I was like, oh no, I must be getting sick. I should take some vitamin C. And then I was like, oh no, I just had the local pirate rum. And Josh, on our honey time, only poured us half seas. Yes. Only half shots. And it still wrecked you for a long time. Yep. So thanks, Josh, for only pouring us a half <laughs> shot. But man, that stuff was brutal. Yes. So yeah. that's what I learned. Do not accept the local moonshine pirate rum. That is a great thing to have learned. But I still somehow think that you're going to say yes the next <laughs> time some local comes Dang out with it. some rum. Yeah. But anyways. You are right. <laughs> that is funny. Well, thanks for listening, guys. This was a really fun week that we got to share with you guys. And um, yeah, this upcoming week is Thanksgiving. So Ooh. we'll have some fun sh- stories to share about that. And until then, we will see you next time. Yeah, catch you later. Bye-bye. Bye.